G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are reviewing round five, giving out our bogs and our flogs, answering some of your questions. We're going to go through some targets for trades, some downgrade targets, and also go through the news of the week. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy, joined by Luke. Again, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm going good. Back at school today. Oh, um, yes. Holidays any, are over. Any other teachers in Queensland will be feeling me. I was just looking. I've already got a bit of bloody colour and out doing some PE oh, today. okay. It's, okay. It's all happening. Hard but, yakka. Um, hard yakka. Mate, what have I always said? Overworked and underpaid. You us, have us mentioned teachers, that once or twice. And we don't get enough holidays. That's the other thing I'll say about <laughs> oh, yeah, teachers. Yeah. We're not trying <laughs> we, to We're going to lose subscribers. On, yeah. <laughs> They're like <laughs> these funny <laughs> teachers complaining. <laughs> yeah. But big weekend of footy as well. Mate, it was a big weekend. It stretched uh, a few days, obviously the Thursday night. Big gather round. And uh, yes. it's been confirmed that it's going to be in South Australia until 2026. And I saw a tweet from you. You're not, you're not yeah, happy with that. Look, obviously, I think South Australia obviously did a really good job. I wasn't yeah. there. I would be very happy for it to be there next year. Look, I am very keen to go there next year. But I think after that, maybe just share the love a little bit. But I know there's obviously money and politics involved and things like that. But I thought that the point of the gather around was to, you know, get different parts of Australia, different um, yeah. things involved so you can share the uh, and expand the sport. But I guess um, it's what you see is the point and, and lots of different people had different opinions on Twitter you yeah. know, this week. I, I'm really neither here nor there. I just love watching footy. So. But no doubt, I, I think um, it was a big success. I think Adelaide put on a great show yeah. and even despite the weather, uh, obviously sold out crowds. Yeah. and uh, All good know. reports I, yeah, you know, so I heard. So. We definitely got to get down there next year, mate. I tell you what. We'll we, have uh, to. We'll have yes. to. Uh, but let's talk about round... Um, Round four. Oh, what round was it? Round five. five. Round five. You're a week behind. Yeah, week behind. But let's uh, let's start our round five review with a bit of this. And the winner of the Norm Smith Medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. Yes, some of these guys were an embarrassment, but they also were some of our best of the weekend. So, bogs and flogs yes. uh, we'll go through today. Mate, you want to... Well, leading off the round was uh, was Adelaide and Carlton, and Adelaide just put on an absolute spectacle. And the bloke yeah. who led that spectacle was a player that we both love to watch, and that's yes. Jordan Dawson. I don't think there'd be anybody who would disagree with him yep. being our pretty, best on ground. Pretty clear bog there. He, he's an incredible footballer, and, and I'm so happy that they've put him in the midfield now so we can see he's exactly what he can talent. do. He's a great talent, yeah. Mm, and no. uh, just the way he's finding guys and that, uh, you know, his inside 50 kicks, um, it was just, yeah, very, yeah. very good. So I don't think he's going to be moving out of the midfield anytime soon. Uh, flog for this game, there wasn't too many flog behaviours. I, I felt a bit harsh given to some of the rookies that maybe underperformed. But um, I will say Adam Saad is the uh, winner of the flog award for this award just because he didn't step up. Yeah, you I, know, Doherty I, out... I just wanted him to, to do a bit more, maybe present as another alternative option for us in defence. But yeah, I think look, I think he'd be a bit sad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, mate, lay up. I, that only took me half an hour to write. <laughs> yes, no, yes. I, that, that's a hard one to pick a, a flog for. I, I don't yeah, remember there much wasn't, there wasn't too many. I mean, you could have said maybe a flog behaviour for Luke Pedler and his negative three 
second and third quarters combined. But again, yeah, he's a rook. You say he's forty-seven at the end of the day. It's probably about where he'd have him pegs. So Be happy with that. Uh, yeah, not too much of an issue there. So let's move on to the next one. The first Friday game: Frio versus Gold Coast. Now, best on ground. Frio Gold Coast. We I don't know why we keep putting ourselves through watching Hayden Young. It's tough. And he seems to save his score every week. But yep. anyway, I digress because I'm meant to be doing the bogs. Yeah, well, <laughs> drive by. I just love talking about Hayden Young. Um, the best on ground for me from Frio and for the people that own him, it's just been beautiful the last couple of weeks. And that's Caleb Sarong. Yeah, I think he's he, been a he, great pick. Yeah, and he's just kind of stepped into everything that we saw almost from Brayshaw last yeah. year, didn't we? So, Has he I overtaken Bray? I mean, he's scoring more, he's averaging more than him, I it's, think. It's so um, hard to say off a five-game sample. You're not yeah. going to sit here and come out and say he's a better player in any way, but I think uh, Sarong definitely would be the boy. I think 125. So for the people that own Sarong, uh, well done to you. Um, I could have easily given Brayshaw the uh, flog award, but I a little bit of news or rumblings that he might be carrying a little bit of a, okay. a niggle or an injury. Okay. So that, that news kind of spared him the, the flog award for this one. But I'm going to give it to a combination of Justin Longmuir and the Frio backline for not kicking Hayden Young the bloody ball. <laughs> you were very upset. Mate, it's so obvious to me, someone who watches Frio and Hayden Young particularly very closely, that when that yeah. man gets the ball... Good things happen. Like, I know he's frustrating because he doesn't have that Nick Dacos thirst for the footy. Yeah. But when he does get it, he uses it really well. He kicks it dangerously. They they often, we were comment- like, we were watching the game together, commenting that they often scored on the back. As soon as Hayden Young got the ball, kicked it inside, yeah. got that inside kick on the 45. We are, watching, score, so. we are watching closely. He did have a couple of turnovers during that game early on, but I think the more he got the ball in hand, the more Freo looked dangerous. And... Yes. and even sort of the first five minutes of that third quarter, I think, don't quote me, um, was when he started to get rolling a little bit and that kind of sparked a little bit of a run for them. So we'd like to see Hayden Young hopefully getting a bit more of the ball, at least up until the buys. But yes, <laughs> um, yeah, after well, trade him out, you can do whatever you want with him. But, <laughs> but I, I do think that they should that be one. giving it to him stay a bit tuned. more. Uh, <laughs> Richmond versus Sydney. Now, there were bigger scorers in this game. I think Liam Baker was actually the leading scorer. But I gave I gave my bog to Timmy T just because he's been a picture of consistency from he's a one of the five players that have he's on the ton run. The ton run. I've heard that going around. So yep. the I mean, he's been under a little bit of criticism for his actual footballing role in that team and whether he's perhaps not uh, disposing of the ball efficiently. But in terms of fantasy, That's I don't think... That's always been his thing. Yeah, I don't think yeah. owners could, could um, knock him so far to start the year. So, Timmy oh. T, BOG for the Tiggies. Model of consistency. Yep. My uh, flog is just Richmond. Uh, just Richmond in general. Um, just... We were very frightened. Well, obviously, we're, obviously we're more Tigers critical, fans, we? Tigers and fans, uh, yeah. we were watching the game, and maybe our expectations of Richmond <laughs> were maybe a bit high this season, but everything I've seen so far this year has just been disappointing, it's to been say the least. It's- I think everyone feels that way when they watch their own team, don't they? And I know yeah. I know that Richmond, yeah, there's a couple of injuries. Undisciplined, but- like things like giving fair, away those 50 metres, just like, what are you doing, guys? Those things kill, those things kill. But, I mean, to be fair, you could talk about Richmond's injuries, but then... You may as well talk about Sydney's injuries as well because yeah, they were well, depleted too. So. Exactly. So no excuses in my opinion. Frustrating so. from the Tigs. Richmond, floggish game from you guys. Be better. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Brisbane versus North. Who have we got for best on ground? Let me guess. Again, high scoring players, but this guy is in the boat of Timmy Taranto. This guy is just consistency this and she's a perma bog. Really. He's doing things as a rookie that are just unheard of. I think I even might have seen something on Twitter. It might have been um, Jaden Papowski yeah. talking about that. 
what he's doing in terms of his his cash generation oh, accumulation is just uncharted. Like, yeah, 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 we're in uncharted waters. So he's my he's my D three right now. Like <laughs> he's sitting there at D three. I know we went sub one hundred this week, but there was a point there where I looked at the score at halftime and I thought Mitch has snubbed this guy in the in the ball boys big boys again. He's about to go another <laughs> one twenty, and he still wasn't in yeah. the big boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, uh, we definitely do. I'm considering him now when I'm doing that research. But yeah, he's just a, he's a legend. Uh, flog for me this game. LD and um, LD useless uh, yeah. was the uh, the nickname that we dubbed him. Oh, to be fair, I was just looking at the score. I wasn't watching the game, but then I was I was hearing from a lot of people on Twitter that. There was a bit of it. I was watching the game and he he was very disinterested. This game they were getting pumped. I will say that disinterested, Bucks. I didn't watch it. What do you? He wasn't running hard at all. Like defensively, no, I don't think so. He was he was running fine. Like he he was moving fine. It just didn't look like he was. Uh, putting a lot of effort in to you know make that extra tackle here and there for guy con- it, it was a bit of a case of the Jason Horn Francis. Oh, okay, I would say. a little bit yeah. of that. Jeez. A little bit of that. So um, I think the first quarter, oh, first Kane half, Korn even- said we should go easy on. Oh yeah, Jay- okay. Jay- let's not boo the man. But um- <laughs> the Kane Corns rips into everyone. I didn't oh, understand that. I, just- I didn't get to the bottom of all of those articles and stuff. But when I saw that. It's like he's the first player that's ever been booed before. But I mean, I I think it was maybe who was being booed by, but I just couldn't get it. Kane Corns just always seems to be going after players. Yeah, I don't know. A bit of glass houses there, guys. Potentially. um, But yeah, LDU, just the first half, he had a low-scoring first half, but he was still trying in in what I could see. And in the second half, I think he definitely kind of, you know, Took the foot off the gas a little bit. Um, Makes so it hard when he's a pod for owners. He is. Uh, I think he'll be fine, though. I think he'll be better moving forward. Um, you know, he's got the, the Suns next week, which is obviously a good matchup. Uh, so hopefully he can get back on track and uh, keep it going for uh, for his owners. Mm. Essendon versus Melbourne. Big win for the Dons. Yeah, yeah, huge win. Um, I didn't watch a lot of footy this week, and I actually, I'll. Yeah, might talk about it later, but I tried to give myself a little bit of a yes, cleanse. Yes. But I was watching the scores for this, and from what I could see on Twitter as well, it looked like these two fellas that I'm going to award the bog to, their scores were kind of intertwined, because I yep. think Setterfield went to Oliver with a tag early, and kind of it clamped them both in terms yes. of fantasy scoring. Yes. But then I've given them both the bogs, because for their respective owners, they, they climbed out of that pit and um, both scored respectable scores in the end. So um, those people that own Clayton Oliver, and maybe even those people that put the, the C or, or VC on him, probably were yeah, holding their very breath a little nervous, bit. So. Nervous times. Yeah. So um, yeah, obviously they both um, both had great games. Setterfield had an amazing game that game, and uh, I know maybe some people might have seen it on Twitter, but um, you know, well deserved. Well, maybe not. A rocket from me at quarter time had five points, but to finish on a flat hundred um, yeah, was something that he uh, he definitely pulled out. And Clayton Oliver. Whilst he was also the recipient of the Bog Award, I'm going to give him the flog because I'm not an owner. You were hoping for a low score. <laughs> and he he racked up 20 disposals in the last quarter. Yeah, like 40-something. 20 these. disposals in one quarter He's when the freak. game was obviously out of, you know, they weren't going to win it. So um, just just a bit of junk time floggery, in my opinion. And oh. uh, just take your foot off the gas, Clayton Oliver. You don't have to... I'm to get 40 touches every game. I know this. I know the game's over, but that's actually like freak behaviour. Hey, yes. to to anyone who's played, um, you know, local footy knows it's tough to get a, a touch out. You know, playing local footy, and this guy's at the the top level and going out consistently getting 40. So hats off to Clara, you, you're a beast. You're yeah, a beast. He, he honestly is, and I think I've said this before, but he's he might be get up there with like the best in the game. Like in that last quarter, 14 contested disposals. Like that is it's crazy. That stuff. is crazy. So, crazy uh, but yeah. Just for us non-owners, flog behaviour. Yeah. 
Port versus on. Melbourne again. Yes. Uh, didn't watch, but wet conditions, I believe. Yes, and then you had the Ruckman playing like a midfielder and just being an absolute beast. So I think anyone who was watching, particularly people who had C or VC on Tim English in this game, would have just been happy as Larry. I know I was. Prime Grundy is the comparison I'm going to throw out there. Like yeah. 2019 Grundy, this he guy gets involved is as well, um, reminding me of Vendor. He's averaging over 120, and I honestly don't see him doing less than that. I think he's a 120-plus guy this he year. Stays I think, I think he, there's a chance he's going to be the highest averaging player the entire season. Um, so he's close to a million dollars now. Um, if you don't have uh, one of the big three, and that's Sean Darcy, Roel Marshall, and um, English, if you've got any other Ruckman sitting on there. I know there's one of our fans out there is uh, still rolling with the Draper R2. Oh, um, and he's doing, doing well. well. Doing yes. well. Uh, yes. You've got to be having some sort of plan to get English into your side because he is looking like someone who is, uh, if you don't have him, it's going to be difficult to get up to the top there. So, Who was your flog from that game? Flog for me was Marcus Bontempelli and he did score a ton. I'm not flagging his whole game, but the last quarter for me, and I am getting pretty sick of this as a Bontempelli owner, he has had a lot of times where he's going on for a big score yeah. and then just hits the brakes. He had a nine-point quarter in the final term. Um, Port definitely turned it on in the last quarter. He got stuck on the bench a little bit, but still, the fact that he's only had... Um, what did he have here in terms of disposals? He touched the ball three times, had no marks, no tackles. Um, there was talk of a tag as well there, but get in there and tackle, man. Like, it's wet. I'm sure you could get your hands on some bodies there. So, yeah. Bont... Got to run out the game, mate. And there's a few people that are starting to identify on Twitter as well and saying, hey, like, I mean, he's, he's getting respectable scores, but those people who picked him wanted him to, to step into that upper echelon of fantasy We wanted to get, like, and, closer to 108, one. And he's still a little bit of a point of difference, I would imagine, for teams about as well. about 10%, I think. Yeah, which, is, I mean, I you want those players to be scoring well if you yes. own them, so... Um, Just frustrating. Like, I can forgive, you know, a couple here and there, but it's, yeah. it seems like it's every week at the moment. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Finish the game, Bont. <laughs> Let's go on to go. Geelong West Coast. Yeah, so I had two bogs here and <laughs> bogs for different reasons. So Stewart got, I think it was a 98 in the end and yeah. I was just devastated watching Jordan Dawson yes. on Thursday night because I knew that it was you know, it was him or Stewart for me in terms of my trades and I went yep. to Stewart and saved some cash and I just just didn't want him to stink it up. I yeah. was like, if he gets a 70 or something and Dawson's going 130... It would just devastate me. And even though the 30 points of difference is still devastating, at least he got around the ton. At least it wasn't yeah, yeah. an absolute stinker. So, outscored, his, outscored his price stat by about 13 points. Yeah, it's so probably not you, as good Stuart. as what Dawson did on top of his price, but yeah. um, I think Stewart, especially with his buy around, and he's got a, he's returning to GMHBA, yeah. I think, this week as well. Um, so I am expecting him yeah. to... Uh, start to really pick it up there as well. The other guy I've got there is Jezza, not necessarily for his performance that week, but he, he's one that like I don't think anyone would have picked at the start of the year, but if you owned him from the start of the year, the, the even the cash generation that he's made, um, you know, it's just a bit unheard of for a guy playing that position. So, yeah. um, And he's just a freak of a talent as well as Jezza. He's averaging so. 111. Like he's over at 111 yeah. uh, priced at 887,000 made 150,000 already this year so yeah. uh, doing his thing obviously you're not trading him in, into your side uh, but yeah tip your hat uh, the flog for me was Patrick Dangerfield for beating up on our boy Ruben Jinby I thought Kung, I thought Kung Fu Casey would have liked that kind of stuff no no not <laughs> at all no he was he was, was a karate kick wasn't it it was a karate kick like studs to the face and there was also an eye gouge that oh got was him, it yeah it took him oh, off I didn't the, see like, that poked him in the eye it was oh a, it was goodness a, 
good one too. He was just beating um, up on him. So, was, so Jimby was running with danger, was he? Yeah, he was kind of oh, not yeah. tagging him or anything like that, no, but no, obviously but trying like to that. learn off yeah. one of the best in the game. And yeah, um, and yeah just didn't give a shit. Danger, danger just went... Oh. Tackle, poked him in the eye, took a mark, foot to the face, and it led. It probably contributed to our boy Jimby getting subbed off in the third quarter. Bloke, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, looking a bit sore there, Jimby. So, Might play with an eye patch next week. So look after our young kids there, Danger. Not not, not <laughs> cool, man. Um, but yeah, flow for me. Uh, GWS Hawthorne. I've got a. Can I, can I do this one? Well, okay, yeah. Best on ground, Warpole! <laughs> My boy! Oh, how the tables have turned. I didn't even get to put this one in. Mitch I decided always him. believed in him. Oh. <laughs> He's always been my guy. Uh, oh. yeah. I never doubted him for a second and yeah. I never thought of trading him at all. I wish I had a queued up the replay from last week because you were just karate chopping him out everywhere. Warpal, Warpal, Warpal. What are you talking God. about? He's in my side. He's well, in my team right now. Y- yes, yeah. Well, we know how that ended up happening. <laughs> Baz, Baz went down was the best thing that happened to you this yeah, week. Yeah, it did save me actually in the end. So, so yeah, I didn't even get to do a bog but Warple, you can have it. Well done. 114. I wonder mate. how Just, many people uh, were yeah. also in that boat where they they were forced to hold maybe and they wouldn't have. But that's that's good. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes me feel better because the week before it was the Callahan that I was yeah. like I was like annoyed that I traded out him instead of Warple. But Warple's repaid the faith. Well done, mate. And you, um, you're a great uh, coach. Yeah, <laughs> elite coach. You must have inspired him. It was a great rocket. Oh, it was a rocket, mate. You said, <laughs> I'm going to trade you, mate. The chop, it was the rocket. So oh uh, let's see how he responds this week with another week without uh, Will Day there. Uh, Flog, uh, I'm going to give it to Josh Kelly, someone that we've both been hot on. Um, just, uh, just again, similar to like a, a Bond, but even worse. So just didn't finish out the 70 game. something. Yeah, it was on at 79 uh, for the game. was on, I think it was over 50 for half time. So you, you oh, thought really? he was going to make his ton. Okay. Uh, wasn't tagged or anything like that. But um, yeah, just didn't get enough of the ball to get there in the end. So... Yeah, not not the best from from Josh Kelly, who I who I still like, but I think there was also someone. I think I heard somewhere flag that he was playing a little bit more of a wing role, um, which Ooh. which we don't want to see. No, so um, yes, we'll probably maybe just keep an eye on that. Okay, one, one to watch. Last game of the round, Collingwood St Kilda. Who's now, our bog? I I'm gonna hand on heart sit here and say, if I hadn't have traded this bloke in this week. <laughs> I would not be sitting here. Now. <laughs> it would have been a very tough. That's it. You would not have seen me. Highest yeah. score of the season for him. Yep, Nick you Dacos. Wouldn't have, you wouldn't have seen me if if I didn't have Nick Dacos in my team. You, yeah. Luke, where are you? Yeah. Text me. I would not be responding because it just wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been pleasant to watch. A lot of people would have traded in Jordan Dawson and Nick Dacos this week, and you've gotten a 136 and a 133 from the guys you Heck traded in. In a, in, a, in a week of need where you've got two guys out. So some good. say kiss, some say oh, good trades. Yeah, but, that's that um, sugar hit that... Um, is it Stato that talks yeah, about the sugar Yeah, he loves the sugar hit. hit yeah, but so. He's good, looking every bit of 110 averaging defender this season. So, and, so um, glad. <laughs> so even though we jumped on late, I still think yeah. we probably actually got him at a decent price. And Fantasy's just... Much better. <laughs> like that it was so is... much like more relaxed on a Monday night. Yeah, I don't know why I'm taking why I'm um, taking the little fault. <laughs> right. What's going on here? Uh, but flog. There wasn't much too much floggish behaviour in this game. But I'll give it to Jay Gresham for not many who would have him in classic, but for draft owners a 23, and he was still getting some CBAs there as well. It's not like he was completely, uh, you know, in the the forward pocket or anything like that. It's just that's just gross. And uh, for draft yeah. owners, that would have definitely gone a long way to potentially costing them a win this week. So there's our bogs and flogs. And the winner of the Norm Smith Medal. 
you're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. An embarrassment. Uh, speaking of some embarrassments, we're talking about the MRO next in our <laughs> news from the week. News. Put segment. your MRO hat on again. This, is it the sombrero this week? Oh uh, yeah. Well, no. Get the maracas out. <laughs> You're not happy. Not happy. Do you want well, me to do my news? Actually, um, news um, from the weekend sound grab. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> I think that was the Mario Kart <laughs> intro. <laughs> What's <was> that? <laughs> well, uh, no, I forgot to put it back on. Yeah, we'll have did to that sound next time. That sounded pretty good. Yeah, didn't exactly. Yeah, exactly good. what it sounded like. Okay, what do we got? What's going on? News so we got the we got Merritt has been offered one week, um, and obviously I think they, they said that they're going to challenge it, to challenge it but okay. based on everything we've seen so far, it probably doesn't look good. The other one that we're keeping an eye on, and I'm just checking Twitter right now, I haven't seen anything to confirm this yet, but the other one we were looking at that's probably a bit more fantasy relevant um, is Tom Green, who's a very popular player there as well, who had a dangerous tackle reported. Yeah, I've only um, looked at it a couple of times. I looked at the Merritt one as well. I think, unfortunately, Tom Green probably goes. And, and this is not, um, you know, people might say, oh, you know, the, the tackle wasn't that bad or whatever, but it's, it's more I don't think statement. Days was that bad. That's, I think this time last week we sat here and said, oh, I don't think yeah. Dale will get spinning. And then he goes yeah. for two. Two, um, yes. So I, I just think that you the think way the AFL are going, and, and I mean, I'm hoping Tom Green doesn't because yeah. I, I'm an owner, um, but I, I just have this feeling that they're just looking to go bang, bang, anything that's a sling, anything that's a dump. Do you think it's still surprising that we're seeing a few of these every weekend, or is, is it just... I mean, the thing is, though, like, it's... in the And you would know this probably better than I would, but, like, playing, like, the game like that, it's, it's a hard... It's a hard sport, so and especially when you've got someone trying to resist you to tackle you, yeah. you're trying to overpower someone. It's very difficult in the moment, as I'm sure uh, it would be, to, to judge, okay, am I going to hit their head first on the ground yeah. or am I just going to swing them onto their body? Like They're trying to not be tackled, so you've got to put a lot of force into it. So it's it's difficult, man. Like I... There's sometimes as well where you'll you'll tackle a guy in game and they're initially resisting the tackle and, and you're applying force and, and then just go goes, limp. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then and then those the, are the ones the timing of that and then also like where if your legs are locked up, we saw in the day one where yeah. the legs were locked up and that contributed to the fall as well. So just So yeah. I don't think any of these have been malicious. No, no, or I definitely wouldn't say like that. that. Please don't get us wrong. None of these tackles are, have been malicious or, or um, anything like that, but it's just the AFL stance on it is is don't It do looks it. like it's gonna be that way. It's it's hard to judge. Yeah. I mean it's the MRO lottery um but I would be bracing if I was an owner of either of those two players and is that a trade let's say Tom Green goes a week are you trading to to a premium that you've missed potentially one week I think you hold okay now um if it's two it's probably maybe more likely to be a trade unless you can do an upgrade with holding him yes yeah I know what you mean um or or if you can get him play go them down to someone who's a bit cheaper and then use that money to get up that might be a way you could do that as well but I think we're in upgrade season yeah. Truly now, <laughs> like we're actually an upgrade <laughs> season, um, take two. Um, but yeah, so now if you don't do that, you're going to start to fall behind. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, like, chance that we might be getting a few more of these before, you know, our buyers and before our teams are finished. So um, if we keep having to fix up these one-week suspensions yeah, or one-week injuries, up, um, you're never going to really get to that finished side and, and you're going to fall behind. So I think one week you hold... Um, you, in fact, actually held Will Day last last week yeah, because you so were able to do the upgrade. Although I was disappointed that I didn't get Dawson, um, getting 
Stewart in the yes. end left me with 140k in the bank. I'm still holding day, and I I was happy. I didn't increase much in the rankings. I'm still yeah. at obnoxious ranking, but um, I've increased a little bit, and I've still got day there while others some others traded him. Yeah. So and I um, think all the traders boys held day as well, and I think yeah. I saw all of their rankings kind of take a bit of a hit this week. So okay. if you've managed to hold rank, I think that's... that's I, I couldn't have taken more of it from where I was. <laughs> I, like, I was trying to talk you up, mate. Thank trying, you, mate. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry I should have read that cue. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. I think that's, I think that's, um, that's, that's how I would read it at, at this stage yeah. anyway. But yeah. uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, the, there was a late out on the Monday as well. Jordan Go was a late out with illness. And apparently gotcha. there is a little bit of illness going around at the pies. The good news is, though, is they don't play until Tuesday. Someone quarantine Nick Dagos. Yes. Yeah. So. That was literally what I was thinking about. I said, if he, because I saw there was a, I think it was Mitch Cleary, he said, oh, there's a bit of illness. They they talked about Dugowie, and he was definitely the one flagged, but then they also like mentioned that there is a bit of illness going around at Collingwood. And I said, I swear to God, if I trade in Dacos (laughs) and he's a laid out on a Monday and I can't go anywhere else, I will be fuming. I want to see something on Twitter that Dacos is walking around like a hazmat suit or something. (laughs) Yeah, someone get that man. Get him some soup. Like, get him some soup. Protect him. What's your go to soup? Illness. Uh, I, I like a tomato soup. Actually, you hate, you hate veggies. Yeah, no. But you like tomato soup. Yeah, it's just. Does Ellie know this? Yeah. Do you like pumpkin soup? Nah, no, nah, I can't do the pumpkin soup. Pumpkin soup, bit of pepper, and and some bread. Buttered yeah, bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes all right. Yeah, okay. I'd recommend you try. All right, I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, so I think that one's maybe just one tomato, but I don't think it's too much to worry about. Okay. And then the um, the next sort of thing we're going to touch on here, and we'll go a bit more into depth into this uh, later on, but. Rookies getting rest. So we had we saw Jimby get subbed out. Yep. Um, McKenzie was used as the sub, started yep. managed on the team selection on the Friday afternoon. And then Davey, who was initially said by the coach that he was good to go. Yeah, I heard that too. And then when team selection came out, he was named out of the side. He got beat up in the previous week. Do you remember he you did. and I watched yeah, that? He, he, he was just in sore. the wars, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he looked very, very So I sore. kind of, when I saw that the previous week, I thought, oh, is there a chance of getting rested? But then I... Like yeah. you said, I heard the coach come out. I'm not sure if he was playing in the VFL or anything like that. Someone will have to fact check me there. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he comes straight back into the side this mm. week. Um, but it's just a good reminder for us that as good as these rookies are going, and you know, someone like a Jimby and McKenzie were prime examples. They were good rookies on our yeah. field. It just reiterates the urgency that we're in upgrade season now. We've got to be trying to get these rookies off our ground. It hurts that break uh, even. I think we're going to talk about that a bit later on yeah, as well, we? Aren't definitely we? So, will. Yeah. And then the last little bit of news that we'll talk about here is the new DPPs. Oh, a uh, little, little could have been here last week. Christmas, yeah. We Where have you definitely, been? Definitely, definitely could have used it last week. But we'll go through a couple of relevant options, and then we'll talk about some um, some obvious ones there. Sheezel Zeebel adding defender status. Yep. We knew that was coming. Lockie Whitfield, uh, Nazai Wangani Malira also adding defender status. Um, Jason Johannesson, who's a, a bit of a hot name at the moment, added defender. Bailey Smith got his forward status. Um, we'll still be out this week by all reports as well. Ben Keys added forward status. Taylor Adams added forward status. And so did Caleb Daniel, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I didn't, didn't see the Caleb Daniel one coming, but yeah. he's now defender forward. Okay. And then a few rookies, Will Phillips, Cam McKenzie, and Matt Roberts all added forward status to their midfield position. Rob- are we talking about Matt Roberts later? I liked one. Yes, we, are. we will okay. be talking okay. about I him as a gun. downgrade option. But... Um, I guess a couple of guys that I just wanted to highlight here from this list. Um, the first one I want to highlight is Lockie Whitfield. Yep. What are your thoughts on a Lockie Whitfield? Say if someone missed the or, or hasn't missed the boat, but hasn't traded in someone like a Tom Stewart, or even if you have Tom Stewart, mm. Whitfield is priced similarly. Um, do we think that he is someone that we could be jumping on as a cheap defender? Uh, price seven hundred and twenty-eight thousand, so that's probably around yeah, that I- eighty-five. 
I th- priced out tag? I think that there's the, the the answer is definitely yes. The the caveat that goes with that is that we've we've seen in previous years that there are a couple of little flags that pop up. So there's a little bit of an injury flag there with him yes. historically. And, there's risk. And, and there's also um, just a little bit of up and down in his performance. He's a guy that can put up a 150 and then there's yeah. a guy that can put up a 70. I think the benefit, obviously, like you said, he's added defender status now. Yep. So you were never touching him if he was going to be a permanent midfield, no. fantasy midfielder is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but it definitely does tempt you a little bit, I think. I definitely think he's someone that can average in the 90s. I don't see him being that like 100-plus guy that he was in the past. Uh, yep. I think sharing the defensive role with like an Isaac... And Isaac Cumming is um, might just reduce his ceiling a little bit, but he only has to be a ninety-five to be a top six defender, really. And that's he? that's basically ten points unders right there. So I think yeah. that he is definitely an option. Um, we are starting to trade in a few of these defenders now, and like a Sheasel and a Zebel are going back there potentially yeah. for some people as well. So just keep an eye on how many premium defenders you have now uh, because <laughs> might end up full. We, we've gone from having like no one to having a lot of different options um, so just be mindful of that and where you want a Sheasel and a Zebel to kind of finish in if you prefer them in your forward line or your defensive line or or if you use the value as a way to decide that but I do definitely think that he is someone that is an option now with that status um, anyone else from this list that sort of catches your eye in terms of now that they've got the new position that you think they've become more relevant? Well, talk to me about JJ. I think he did some good things on the weekend that made people... Yeah, sort of... so he um, he's obviously been someone that's been moved around a bit in his career. Yeah. He has played in the defence line before. Start of the year, round one was playing forward score of 28. Yeah. Uh, was out the second week. Came back in week three and basically has played the last uh, three rounds as a defender. Um, since then, he's put up some decent scores. He had a big game on the weekend, so I'll just read out his scores that he's had since coming back in as a defender. Uh, he went 69 versus the Lions, 81 versus the Tigers, and then 98 versus Port. Yeah. Um, so at 494k, basically the exact same price as, or very close to a Ruben Jinbi. He's someone that we could potentially be sidewaysing to as... Uh, as a yeah, guy that's on the way up, the up. Cash generation. yeah, Jimby, sixteen Jimby break even. Looks like his cash generation might have been been stunted there by him getting subbed. So it's definitely it's definitely a play you could have a look at. There's a few things, obviously, the fact that he plays for the Bulldogs, and we just don't know what Bevo's going to go do week to week. He's unhinged sometimes. Is something <laughs> unhinged? That, unhinged. Yeah, it's just like just he's just unhinged. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's lost he's it. Screaming. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. I think that like presents as a little there's bit of definitely like, risk. There's like there's a niche market. Would you agree? It's, it's like a if, yeah yeah. If if you're he's very cheap. Like I like him more. Uh, I mean, he, he kind of falls into that like Jaden Hunt of last week. Um, could you could you beat the rush and and yeah? But there is risk associated. There's risk associated. I think it's a play. I think if um, and we'll talk about a guy that potentially could be frustrating a lot of owners. I think that he might be a nice solution for uh, some Angus Brayshaw owners potentially. Okay. Um, but yeah. the defensive forward status that you can swing together with like a Sheasel and a Zebel could be extremely useful. Um, but yeah, someone that I think is on the lips of a lot of uh, coaches this week. But. Other than that, I don't think like Taylor Adams, Ben Keys, Caleb Daniel, they're not really... More draft relevant. When yeah, not really tickling my fancy at this stage. Bailey yeah. Smith, maybe when he comes back in, if we see that uptick in CBAs and his scoring, we'll keep an eye on him. He could yeah. definitely be someone that is a premium forward later on in the season, but obviously not right now while he's out injured. Okay, do you want to throw the headband on, mate? you got yeah, some people to karate chop. Let's give it a go. Let's, let's get that. Let's do it. Let's get that head. 
Fan on, <laughs> chopping block. Jeez, that was a big um, headband pull. You, you were out here oh, somewhere. Tight. Yeah, mate. Um, Who are we on the chopping block, Angus Brayshaw, as we just mentioned before, he has been putrid this definitely season. A, uh, definitely something we were wrong about in the preseason. Yeah, well, absolutely. We were, we were pretty keen on him. Um, obviously, the uh, injury to um, Salem. Salem is dampened our uh, enthusiasm. We still thought he would go like mid-90s though, mm, mm. Uh, close to a ton even, but he's gotten worse every single week so far. Um, tap, uh, capping it off with a 45 on the week against oh, the Bombers, man. which is just like people don't deserve that. He's um, he's lost a bunch of money. He's lost $142,000 already. Do you think he's down at $736,000. Is there anything to, you know, has he fallen out of favour as a guy who could potentially go through the midfield because they're now putting, like, Pickett through the midfield a little bit more and stuff? Yeah, I must have I, been, know, I haven't watched too many Demons games yeah, so, so far It just feels season. so weird that, that you'd have a, a player of the calibre of Brayshaw that is clearly not doing a great deal. I'm talking from a footy perspective. Yeah. You know, you'd think that they'd be trying to amend that a little bit. And he bit, did but so well last year in the role. Like, he was, he was yeah. looking really good. Um, Maybe some people out there who are watching Melbourne a little bit more closely could give us some insight into what they think's happening. He's, he's not taking kick-ins, which I don't think he did really even last year. Stephen Maines, he's got the, he's got the, the yeah, real estate there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, But I think that you're really waiting until Salem comes back into the side to, to free him up. Um, but at the moment, when you're scoring 45s, um, he's someone who's got you know a lot of money on his head. I would be trying to get him um, to someone else. I'd yeah. be trying to trade him. The issue I find here, though, is that if you're trading out of someone like a Brayshaw and you're trying to upgrade him, and I had a few people ask me about this, it feels to me almost like you're then a, a kind of a step behind getting the rookies off the ground in that situation. Yeah. So... I, this In this situation, this is where you've, you've got someone who's severely underperforming. I'd be wanting to maybe take a punt in this kind of situation. Downgrade a player like Brayshaw to a Jason Johannesson, which should net you close to 250k, which should then give you enough money to upgrade a rookie as well yeah. on top of that. Because I think... You, and then that's going to generate cash from the guy that you're, you're coming up for, Johannesson. I'd be more tempted in that situation to bring in a JJ... Yeah. Rather than like just getting a rookie up to JJ. Yeah. Um, I did this before last year. If you remember when Darcy Cameron started coming up, yeah, at the you, same time, Stephen Cornelio's role was very, very questionable. And he, I think he dropped a 40. The week before he dropped that 40, I did a similar situation where I went Stephen Cornelio down uh, to a, um, a Darcy Cameron yeah. and then got a rookie up on the other end of it. So, and then. You know, Darcy Cameron ended up outscoring Cornelio, so it was almost felt like a bit of a double upgrade. So you might be able to do something like that with a Brayshaw and a JJ this week, um, and I think that might be a win-win for owners. Now, it obviously has some risks, but I think that's the kind of situation I would do that in. Yeah, one to watch for sure. Now, you've got a few rookies here I can see on the chopping block as well. Do you want to talk about them? Yeah, let's talk about them together. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the question is, we, we're starting to get rid of these rookies now. The question is now, who is the priority? Who, yeah. Yeah, which one needs to be traded out more urgently as a down or up upgrade uh, trade? This will be the this will be the tough thing, and I, I think that a lot of people will be thinking about this this week is because mm. obviously... the. The rookies that might be the most appetizing to trade out are the more expensive ones because yes. it means you can get higher, you get higher. But then you also have to think about the fact that if you do trade out those more expensive Who rookies... Who are you putting on ground? Exactly. Yeah. They're the ones that have been typically performing well for you on ground. So are yep. you then left with a guy who's been putting up 30s on the bench? Someone like a Fergus Green who scored really well on the weekend yeah. but has you been consistently... Yeah. yeah, so this is this is really interesting debate. I'm, I'm really keen to, what, keen to hear what people have to say about this this week. Yeah, so to me... <laughs> 
it comes down to what cash they have on their head. What can you get to? Yeah. And and also what is their role? And 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 their role encompasses also like where they're playing, like midfield forward, but also are they like sub risk job security? Um, you know, their break even in terms of making cash. So. Yeah. At this stage, the way I would rank it, and we're probably going to review this again on the Friday live show as well when we have a bit more time and we have the teams named yes. as well because yeah. this list can change. Say, for example, some of them are named up as, as the sub or there is a bit more talk about managing and resting throughout the week. So at the moment, I would probably go Kay Chandler as the number one guy I think is ready and ripe to go okay. um, as a bit of a guy that you can upgrade to someone a little bit uh, better for him. He's priced at uh, 460000 He's made a bunch of money so far. His break-even is in the 50s now, which he definitely could hit. But like we saw on the weekend, he is a forward. And when you're a forward, you're susceptible to having those poor scores. He scored a 40 on the weekend. So he's number one to go for me. Number two and three, uh, this is where I'm a little bit, little bit questionable here. So Ruben Jinby I've got at two and Cam McKenzie at three. I can see why you're torn here because these two guys have been guys that have performed well for us in terms of being rookies on our field. But what's happened with them this weekend is it makes you yeah, question it, it doesn't makes it? You McKenzie nervous. obviously rested, Jinby was subbed, and yeah. these guys are getting to a point. You know, five games of AFL is going to beat anyone up. Yes, let alone oh, and Jinby and look, I I sent a tweet out on the weekend, and I think some people was. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sort of quick to defend him, but and I, I think he's been great. Like he's a guy that's um, obviously he's got a hard role. He's playing inside yeah, mid yeah, and is. banging bodies, and um, he's still just a kid at this stage anyway. So he's still eighteen years old, but sixty-four break even. He hasn't um, done that in the last two weeks. Even against Melbourne, when he played the full game, only managed a forty-eight. Um, so his his first three games: ninety-two, seventy-one, eighty-two. If you can guarantee he's going to do that, you obviously yeah. you're holding him. You put him on your field. That's a good score, but. It's just the nervous watch of, okay, how is he going to go uh, moving forward? He's got yeah. Port Adelaide this week. Tough matchup. The other thing that, that might um, help people to swallow trading on a Jimby is is now with DPP, especially if you've got Sheasel and Zeeble, there could be back lines that are starting to look oh, yeah. almost set. And yeah. so if you're to the point where you're you're moving Sheasel and Zeeble up and you've held day, so you know that in a week's time, your backline might be You're done, done. Yeah. then that might incentivize you to trade on a, a Jimby. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you might not necessarily be replacing him with someone that was on your defensive bench. You're replacing him with like someone who's been scoring yeah. really well. Yeah. So I think, and he's obviously the most expensive out of all these guys. He's got the most amount of money on his head, 489000 So you can get something really good for him. McKenzie's also a tricky one in a similar kind of situation. He's also added forward status now. So that helps us as well yeah. in terms of flexibility. But again... Um, he was named as the sub, 
So I've got him lower than Jinbi because he's cheaper, so you're not going to get quite as much reward for him. But also, I'm more confident in them potentially, if he's not named the sub, he's going to play out the full game. His rest was like being the sub, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of they named it up, so there's a bit more transparency there. Um, he probably doesn't look as beat up as someone like a Jinbi does to me. Um, and... But again, his scores will still fluctuate. Like he's got forward status for a reason. So he scores 75, then scored a 44, then scored a 94, then scored a 56. So in full games and at a break even at 62, there's a chance he slides back in cash this week. So I think it is okay to trade any of those guys. Um, I'd have a look and see what the... Read the tea leaves of the teams and see where you think you can get these guys. If, If you can loop them on... Then you can, although I've, I've had to play around with my loops this week and it is difficult with the schedule. A few of our rookies are playing in the later games. so okay. We can probably clump these next three guys, Callahan, Stocker and Hunt. They all kind of are serving the same purpose yeah. in a lot of teams. So the so these guys here, and I've, I've named those Jimbies and McKenzies before those guys because I think you're trading them out first because of the risk of the sub. Okay, Whereas I think uh, Callahan, Stocker, Hunt... They're entrenched in the sides. They're not getting subbed out. So whilst they're still maybe not performing at the level you want a premium to do, I would still be trying to get those rookies off the field to avoid the risk of you getting a, a 20 on your ground or something like that if someone's subbed out. Yeah. Um, so I think those guys are next. Uh, put them in whichever. I don't think people have multiples of these guys, but... Um, yeah, I'd probably go that way. And then to round out the list, you've got Owen Davey there and Lockie Cowan. So basically these, these are guys that are just we would say, haven't finalised their, their cash They generation. haven't made enough cash yet. The, the trouble I, I have a little bit is that, yeah, if, if I start trading out those um, rookies that do have the ability to score 60s and 70s, you know, Jimby and McKenzie, there is a situation where it could be light on in, on one of the lines in the field in terms of like a, a, yeah. a poor rookie, having to take a poor rookie score. Um, yeah. I mean, would we, you... we'll get to this soon, but we've got okay. some good rookies okay. that I think we have... To trade in, and I actually think that some of them could be played on our ground as well. Okay. Um, look, if you could do the trade that you wanted to do with trading out, like a um, you know someone like a Lockie Cowan, and there's every chance he gets dropped this week as well. Yeah. So, um, but even then, it's still like okay, I don't want to be hampered and just do a fix up if it doesn't get me the upgrade that I want. I I, I use the upgrades to determine what rookies I'm going. So I want to be aggressive and get the premiums that I want. Yep. Um, and if and if that means culling one of those good rookies early, I'm, I'm all for it. I think that's that's the way I like to play it, at least. Oh, beautiful. Cool. Chopping block done and dusted. Let's talk some trade targets. All right. So we're we'll going to go through, through we're going to go through some some uh, some lines. We'll start with the defenders. I'll throw we're some gonna what? Go through no. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, oh, mate, you've been hanging hey, out with hey, Bailey Smith hey, too much. Hey, you don't sicker. try and trick me there, mate. But <laughs> we'll go through the positional lines here, uh, and I'm going to throw some names at your way. Yeah, and please. I want you, I want you to sort of rank these guys in terms of what you think. Like, who do you think is going to score the best, and who do you think is the priority in terms of bringing in? Okay. So I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, here, no, but, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I've got three guys in defence that I think are all value. Yeah. So I think they're all decent options, but in terms of priorities, Lockie Whitfield, Tom Stewart, and Jack Zebel as defenders. Okay. So in order of what I anticipate they score, and and I'll caveat this by saying if they they remain in the role that they're playing currently, yep. is I go Stewart, Zebel, Whitfield. That yep. would be my confidence in, in what they'll average across the rest of the season. Yep. Um, I've already got Stuart, but if you didn't, I would have Stuart as that as that priority because I think his cash generation is going to start to go back the other way. Yeah, I think he's um, bottomed out. But, you know, 
I'm having a serious look at Jack Zeeble this week, and I know some, uh, there'll be quite a few people who will talk about the fact that he he's already climbed quite a lot in cash. But if there's a scenario where I'm... It's priced at 85. Well, if there's a scenario where I can't get to the premium that I want, and I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't had a really good look at my team so far today, um, I still see, still see Zeeble in that role being an like a 95 to 100 guy, which you said he's priced at 85. That yeah, gives him 10, 10 to 15 10 points, points of upside. So yeah. for me, that could still be a potentially good pick. And he's got that DPP that fixes a few things up for me. It does. Well. It so is very handy. I'll, I'll caveat that by saying, I've said caveat like three times. It's word of the day. It's or something. word of the day, yeah. yeah. Is, am I even using it in the right context? I don't know. I'm sure you are. You, you got headphones on. We'll trust what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's Credibility. Not, that's not a reason to trust what we're saying. But... Uh, yeah, haven't had a look at the team, but I'm um, yeah. There's I'll, a scenario where I go. There. I would agree with you. I would have Tom Stewart number one, yep. pretty clearly in my opinion. Yep. I think the round thirteen buy also is another um, tick in his favour. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the uh, probably the safest in terms of his injury history as well. Do not say that. But they're actually the, all the all three of these guys are probably riskier guys. Yep. Um, I would then have Lockie Whitfield. I think second. Yep. I just think his ceiling is probably a little bit higher than a Jack Zebel. Um, Zebel's just that little bit older as well. Um, they uh, Lockie Whitfield is cheaper. I don't know if that means anything. Um, Zebel's flexibility in the DPP is uh, useful, Whitfield's but I DPP see him too. more as like maybe like a low nineties, whereas I see Whitfield as like a mid to high nineties okay. at best. But um, I think they're all decent options this week, and if you don't have any one of them, if you're one of those guys, they are very achievable. Beautiful. Let's talk about mids. Now, I am finding the mids the hardest position so far this season. My midfield looks shit. I'll tell you right now. My defence and yeah. my rucks and forwards look great. I but think my you mids, and me both. I've got to stop following your advice, mate. I think Bont's sitting at my M1 right now, and uh, he's um, barely cracked the time this year. So, uh, But I'll throw some names your way. Uh, maybe do. a few different price brackets here, okay, but okay. let's go... Took Miller, Rory Laird, Josh Kelly, Lockie Neal, Chad Warner, and Callum Mills. So there's six names there. Okay, so let's let's put Laird and Miller in a category of their own yep. above the rest. Uh, I think that Laird. Well, let's let's put Josh Kelly in there as well. He's he's actually around their price. Laird, the, Miller, and Kelly are all pretty similar. The thing, priced. yeah, I, I'm so reactionary, aren't I? It's like he, he scores pull in the week. I'm like, oh, what's going yeah, on? We were what's, on what's, him. What's the role? Um, but Rory Laird is just like, from what we saw him do at the end of last year, um, we all know that winter is cuddling weather, and yes. winter is coming, to quote. Who am I quoting there? Uh, I'm blanking. Ned Stark. Game Ned of Thrones, Stark. yeah. Big Game of Thrones guy, this yeah, guy. Yeah, big Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, so Rory Laird, I think, is just, the fact that he's diving in price means that it's just, what week do you pick him up? It's not yeah. It's not if, it's when. It's when. Um, and then Took Miller, I think, you know, he's... Fantasy prestige counts for something as well, and and I think he fits that definition. While while these guys are still pretty expensive in the scheme of things, they're, they're guys that this fits the definition of an underpriced premium that you're probably looking to jump on. Um, Chad Warner scored reasonably well. Just I think he just turned up on the weekend, uh, and then Lockie Lockie Neal is a no for me. Callum Mills, for, for Callum Mills, it's it's an obvious answer. If you see the role, he's interesting to me. If you see the role change and look good. It's like, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. of course, yeah. of course. But then you always have this thought, like, thought in the back of your mind is like... He's like a Swiss Army. Yeah, how, how much can I trust it? He's like, I don't know to disrespect my man here, but he's like a better Liam Baker. Like, he's just sort of that, that Swiss Army knife. There's no one kinda, better than Liam Baker. Yeah, nah, I, I felt dirty saying it. <laughs> but, 
but he's just yeah, he, he's too he's too good for his own good, if that makes sense. Like he, he is, yeah. Like do a shit job, mate. Get back into midfield. <laughs> yeah. But no, he actually does well. Yeah, uh, playing defence. The consummate professional, well. I think we've said before. But yeah. for, for us, from a fan perspective, we don't want that. No. Yeah. So uh, look, if if I break it up, like you said, we'll break it up into two different groups here. Okay. If we've got like the Uber premiums, the guys that I think we can lock away all three, I think so. To, to be top ten, top eight mids. So I would rank them. Took number one, and I would probably go took number one with with a bit of a gap between the next two. One again because of his buy and his run. I've been look. If I had any chance to get Took Miller into my side, so you're this factoring week, in buy and other factors, not just purely scoring output with this. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking okay. buys because we got to start thinking about that now. Yeah, like, it's upgrade season. Yeah. We got to start thinking about that now, but we also got to start to identify players' runs coming up as well. So Took has North Melbourne, Richmond, Melbourne. West Coast, um, Brisbane, uh, Western Bulldogs, and Adelaide leading up into his buys. So I would say that Some good there's probably five out of those seven games which are very, very juicy. Yeah. And the, the two in, in Brisbane and Melbourne uh, are not even the worst in terms of midfields. They do leak points. They're, they're a good yeah. side, but they do leak points and don't tag there. So I think Tuke has a really good run coming up. We've seen him average 120 for seasons in the past. So... He is priced at 922, so priced at a uh, 107. There's Still a chance a that cash, there's, yeah. there's there's a chance that he goes on a stretch with good run that he could go like a stretch of 120. And um and it, I think when you have a chance to get these Uber premiums in and there's a good run, you've got to jump on them. These are the sort of the guys like I, I targeted with Akala Mills last year. We sort of eyed off last year was a Hawthorne matchup. So this year up against North Melbourne, I think if you can get to Took. I would do so. I can't afford him personally, and I'm kicking myself because um, I was sort of eyeing him off a little bit. But uh, I think that he is definitely the guy for me. Um, Josh Kelly, I would probably have last on that group. Rory Laird, I think, is probably just a little bit safer than, than a Kelly, and I think his run is a little bit better than Kelly's as well. Yep. Winter's coming. But I wouldn't expect Rory Laird to be the 120 guy that he was last year. I think he's probably more about that 111, 112, which he was the season prior. The, the Dawson thing is interesting from a Laird perspective for me as well because if, if you're Adelaide now, I know that Laird gets his points in a way where you don't have to be going to find Laird because he's going to be tackling repeat stoppage, these kind of things. But when you've got a guy as explosive and, and such an elite user like Dawson, there's probably less repeat stoppages. Well, that's if, the thing I was going to say. If yeah. Dawson gets the ball in hand, then it's a penetrating 40-meter kick yeah. inside 50. And, and Do- um, Rochelle and Rankin going through that yeah, mids as well. They're playing way stuff. faster. And Adelaide, how good were Adelaide? And, and it's working, right? Yes, like, it's looking yeah. great. So I don't think that, like, the reason Rory Laird, you know, yeah. uh, did so well was, I think, because of that game style was a much slower game yeah. style last year. Like... Um, you're not going to have a game, I don't think, this year where he's going to have 20 tackles like he did last year. Probably so, He's still going to um, be a gun. He's still going to be a gun, so I think he's more 110 than 120. So um, then talk to us, then. What, what are your opinions on Neil Warner Mills? I want, I want you to expand on your thoughts on Neil. Why have you, why have you crossed Neil off your list there? Don't he's, like Brisbane. Uh, don't like him. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Fair. Nah, that's I'll I agree should, with you there. But, um, but uh, he's you know priced at 90, 97.7, so just under 98 there. He's averaged, you know, one oh seven, you know, just last year. Like, he has. What are we've we seen? I, I look. I'll, he's had I'll, a difficult run up to this point, and then when he versus North, he comes out and shows what he can do. Yeah, no, I'll, I will say I haven't watched a great deal of Brisbane either. But the maybe that the the narrative of the way Dunkley's scoring has gone in that role has has made me a little bit skeptical of just it's fair. What, 
what the Lions are, are looking to do and how that impacts fantasy scoring. But you're absolutely not wrong in saying that he's a guy that's shown, and even last year he showed that he was a great pick, um, you know, in fantasy as well. So maybe I'm just being biased. Don't don't take what I say with a grain of salt. I think he's definitely someone to consider. Like he had had a 72 against uh, Port Adelaide, where they got absolutely done in, and there was no one who scored well in that game. He yeah. then also scored a 76 against the Pies, who are the hardest scoring team uh, to score against so far. This how about the flip on that one? Too? Yeah, that's, that's weird to say. I, I'm still a little bit. I don't know how to view that, but it's true so far. Yeah. Um, and the other games where he, you know, not against that, he's gone 94, 104, 116. So that's about what we expect him to do on an average. Uh, his fixture coming up is the Giants, Frio, Carlton, Essendon, Gold Coast, Adelaide. That's a pretty decent run. Good fixture. He's got the round 12 buy, which is probably not the best buy, being the early one. But um, if it fits your your sort of team, I actually Better. don't mind it. So I think... Um, I think if you can get to him, he's, he's not a bad option. Uh, of all the guys on... I'll, talk, I'll just briefly introduce the next guy, but of all the guys on the list, I would say Chad Warner's the highest highest risk, highest reward. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Or? I think um, he's definitely a lot of risk. I think maybe Callum Mills might have high reward, but... Oh, that's true. Um, but Chad Warner, I think, is he's the cheapest, right? So yeah. he's, he's in that 700K price range. Look, there's something that I like about him. I don't know if it's something that I personally could pull the trigger on myself, but he's a guy that I think, if you're looking at the Sydney midfield, I almost think that he's like, maybe he and Luke Parker are like the first two picked in there, Mm. and then the rest of them kind of figure it out after that. Um, He's probably just a guy that... What's I his? think someone commented on, on this before that he's the guy that when he has a great game, he doesn't go 130. He doesn't go 140. Yeah, he's like impactful. He, he's impactful. And, and, and that's not really what we want in, in fantasy. Like when he has a great game, he scores 117. And that's kind of like his ceiling, which it's it's something that maybe just brings him down the, the pegging order a little bit. And when he's going to be really unique, you kind of want that ceiling to sort of make people look your way and jump on him and mitigate that risk. Yep. Um, so... If you can only afford him and you really want a midfielder, then I, I think it's it's a decent punt. It'll be unique. Um, I just don't know if I could do it myself personally. Um, and we kind of discussed our thoughts on Callum Mills as our kind of last... I can't do it yet, but I'm definitely case. keeping an eye on him. Oh, definitely keep yeah, an eye on He's going to come down in price some more. The, um, forwards. Yeah. Now, this first guy here is in my <laughs> trade plans at the moment. Is he uh, really? He is. Zach... Butters. Oh, how the tables have turned. He had a he, he had a good game, 110 in the last game. Saw a lot more midfield time than we've seen in the first um, you know the first few games and rounds this year. And they are coming up into a good run. So I think Zach Butters price at 699,000. You know, priced at around that 80 mark. It's cheap for what we know he can do. Hey? Yeah, absolutely. Like we were thinking at the start of the season, he could be someone that was underpriced at his starting salary. Yeah, he's obviously lost money since then. Had a Why bit of an injury. With him again? It was injured. It was like a there was a, a collarbone, I think, from memory. There was some kind of injury or a shoulder or something like that, which you know he missed a preseason game or, or something along those lines. But price at 81, I think there's at least 10 points of upside there. So last two, yeah, like you said, eighty three hundred and ten last two games. I'll just bring up his his um, CBA numbers as well. I think that this is the week they're going up against uh, West Coast, okay. who absolutely got pantsed again, um, and I think that Port will be doing the same. And he's a guy that can even creep forward and kick some goals as well. So I think his break even's down there as well. So I think that look, it's not now or never. 
But I think this would be a good time to jump on, and he's definitely yeah. very realistic for a lot of people to get their rookies up to at 699,000. So um, I think most people should be able to upgrade him. So last two weeks, last week he had 64%, week after 68% in terms of CBAs. Rounds 1, 2, and 3, he had 33, 41, and 12% CBAs. So if we see that trend continuing, it's a positive trend, um, then he's definitely someone that can, can score well. JJ, we, we spoke about before, I think um, he's kind yeah. of another four that you could trade, but a very specific scenario if you're going there. And you, so you don't, th- you don't think that in, within your team, like... Uh, like, I said, I, like I said, I was on a, a footy cleanse on the weekend because I just I've been riding the roller coaster too much. I mean, you guys probably said it on here. I'm just spin shifts every time. So <laughs> I actually had a good weekend this weekend, and part of it was because I just I just checked the scores at the end of the game. Yeah. I didn't roll the ride the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, well, I digress. But I haven't had a good enough look at my team to know if JJ will yeah. factor into my plans. I personally don't want to be upgrade. If if your only upgrade this week is Jason Johannesson. I wouldn't feel good about it. Nah, I, th- no. I think he's got to be a kind of a guy. If you can get like two upgrades and he's like the second one, if it's like a sideways and you've got enough cash to get another upgrade, yeah, then, then fine. Sure, but if he's your only upgrade, I-, I don't think I can tick that one off. Um, and the last one here I just wanted to highlight, we talked about it a little bit last time on Friday yeah. Live Show, Josh Rochelle, he's now up to 650. I think if I just compare him to someone like a Zach Butters who's just 40K more expensive... I'm finding the cash to get there. And that's the instance where, say, you're subbing out or trading a shitter rookie and you can only get to Rochelle or you can sub out a better rookie to get to Butters. That's the kind of situation where I'd say just trade out the, the more expensive rookie to get the uh, the better uh, upgrade target. He's been a big, a good pick. He's made nearly $200,000 this season. But I think um, for the most part, we've probably missed the boat and there are other better options, I think, out there. But... You know, if he if he comes out and, and averages ninety from here, I wouldn't be completely shocked, and it could be someone that we uh, regret not picking. He's just playing good footy too. He is. Generally, <laughs> so are the crows. Good celebrations man, so. too. He's got the. Is it Rocky? Yeah, he's got that. He's got little box. little fist, which which I like. We we need a bit more of that. It's I, good. I the, the crows. It. The crows are, are celebrating hard too. They got. Um, I saw like a handshake that involved feet. As well, did you see that? Oh yeah, the little little. Um, yeah, who was sure. that? Oh, I can't remember who that was. I think was. it was Texan, Tex- Texan someone, Rankin or something maybe like Rankin. that. Maybe yeah. yeah they're, they're going hard, but they, I mean they're, they're deserving it. They're it's playing fun. Really it's well. fun to watch. I like to see it for sure. All question, right, question time. Let's go over to some questions from Twitter. So a few uh, topics that we've touched on, but we'll maybe go into a bit more specifics. So, who should I trade out Gus Brayshaw to if I already have Dacos and Dawson? Is it simply Stewart? And then another question on Gus Brayshaw. Um, trading him to Butters via DBP and then Chandler to Roberts. I think we touched on this earlier. I think if you're going, if your only upgrade this week is Brayshaw to Butters in that yeah. second instance, I'd be wanting to do a little bit more than that. Um, so this is where my JJ trade idea comes into play because I, I just, if I was the guy that had Brayshaw, I would feel like I'm getting a little bit behind if I'm not making an upgrade. Elsewhere, if that makes sense. What, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think it's as simple as going to like a going sideways, yeah, sideways over to a Stewart? Maybe a sideways then a rookie to a JJ. Like that might be. I know. It, to me, it, it probably depends on where you're ranked as well. Would yeah. You, like if it, I don't mind the Gus Brayshaw to Stewart if you've got a, like a decent rank, but if you're, if it might you're, be the straighter bat. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what I'm trying to get across. Is like, and it depends what kind of person you are. Like, I, my my rank is is terrible, but I'm still trying to just play that that straight yeah. bat. But if your you know rank is 
you're not happy with it and you want to go for something a bit more aggressive, then maybe a JJ gets you an upgrade I elsewhere. Agree. I agree. But if you're if you're doing pretty well and you're you know, ranked respectively and you're kind of happy with where you're Brayshaw's at... Brayshaw's just like your only issue. Yeah, then yeah. I think Brayshaw to Stewart is like, okay, yeah. if you've played the straight bat and you and you then worried about, you know... I'd look at other DPP in. options as well, like, you know, maybe because he's got a bit of money in his head, maybe could you get to a Tukamilla or something like that? And that feels like a bigger upgrade and it's like yep. a captain option that you've got there and, um, you know, it might be... Because, again, it's, it's going to be hard to get rookies up to those kind of players. Yeah, it's true. This might be your ticket to do that. Um, so I I might look at those maybe instead of a Stewart because, again, Stewart's not going to completely run away from you. He will start to move up a little bit, yeah. but you've got a little bit of time to still get him in. Yep. Um, and that might be more achievable to get a rookie up to him the following week. So yep. I would also explore those options. All right, rookies to bring in. Who are we prioritizing out of Roberts, Johnson, and Mitchell. So I think that's Matty Roberts. Is that uh, Johnson from Frio? Is that that I'm looking at there? Yeah, I believe so. How, um... And Seamus Mitchell. Or as Calvin likes to call him, Seamus Mitchell. Seamus. <laughs> did, you, did you listen to that? I didn't actually hear oh, that. Oh, no. yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Crack up. How annoying is it that... Um, Matty he, Roberts. Yeah, that he's been he's the actually good. He's Yeah, poor bastard. Like, oh, he, he would have... He would have bunk it. He would have fit the bill for just perfect rookie cash generation. Yeah. I, I th- I've said before, he's highly rated at the Swans. and um, Yeah, he's a good you know, player. Like, yeah. He scored well in the juniors as well. The so. Swans hide these just great rookies and then they, they come through. They do seem to have a good dead. There's a lot of guys system. playing at the Swans that if they lived in a bigger market oh. would just be absolute superstar. A bit like Bitlock took Miller if he was yeah. in Melbourne. It's just yeah. an absolute superstar. Yeah, um, I agree. Anyway, I've digressed again. But yeah, Roberts, I like the look of. Um, so who would you... I, I think I'm, I'm going to exclude Johnson. I don't think I'd be getting rid of him. Yeah. I, I think he's definitely still a stub risk. Um, and his break-even's eight. I, I just don't think he's that much of a priority. Based on Horse's um, post-game press conference um, that I had a bit of a listen to, it, it seems as though, at least for this coming week, they're pretty much going to go in and maybe not get a lot of those guys back. Okay. Uh, I know that was very early on because he's obviously press conference straight after the game, but yep. he seemed to think that they didn't That's have... for his job security. They didn't have a definitive timeline on guys coming back in. So if that is still valid right now, then that, like you said, could be good. Yeah, I think he's definitely ahead of um, Corey Warner, who also got a gig. Yep. Will Gould got subbed on, the ghost. Um, I think he's ahead of him as well. Yeah. So there's a few guys that I think are in the firing lane to be dropped before him. Yeah. But it still does make me a little bit nervous. He's been used to the sub so many times, and that Sydney yeah. team is deep. So for that reason, I'm going Seamus Mitchell. Okay. He actually looks really good on the weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I think I, he took a couple of kick-ins yeah. as well. Jeez, um, that's some, good. some crucial times as well. Uh, looked like a great kick. Uh, so I actually think that he's someone that I'm looking to trade in this week. Um, his break-even is the lowest of all of them as well. What's he priced at? So he's priced at 229, negative two break-even. Okay. Has defender forward flexibility as well. Okay. So that's, again, with the Sheasel thing. That's that could super, be super handy. So um, I think uh, Roberts is a little bit cheaper. So if like you need that 13K yeah. or whatever it is, then I don't. I think Roberts is, is a good second option. I think those two will be probably the most traded in targets this week. But for my money, I'm probably at this stage on the uh, Seamus Mitchell uh, side of things. Maybe just because his name's Mitchell. and That's a cool name. <laughs> this next question is an interesting one. Um, I thought it was so, interesting too, yeah. Yeah, so 300K spare cash. Yeah. What do you think of an upgrade for... So two rooks upgraded to JJ and Butters. Do... Firstly, do you see that as an upgrade? And just what do you think in general? It's I think it is an upgrade. And this is, this is a very interesting question. It's a tough one for me to decide on. I think the part of me 
says that sometimes these Uber premiums, when they get to a good price like a Tuke Miller, like a Rory Laird, and their their value, they've got a decent run coming up. You know, Tuke Miller's buy. Like sometimes the the thing is just when you can get them, get them because they're going to be hard to get at other times in the season. Yeah. So that has me leaning that way. The other side of the coin is that the break even of JJ and Zach Butters is low. I mean, to look at your team and instead of seeing two rookies, seeing JJ and Butters, there's the potential for there's the potential for Butters to be an 100 averaging player. We've seen that, and if JJ's popping out 80s in a roll, it's like two rookies versus hundreds and 80s. I I know there's you know there's a chance that they don't average those as well, but it kind of looks real tempting, doesn't it? This is a very tough question to answer. I, I think I'm slightly on the side of the Uber premium and because there is a risk that JJ flops. There is. Yeah. And if that happens... Where do you go from there? Where stuff? do you go? Yeah. And you've kind of... I, I still think Zach Butters is a good upgrade, but Tuke Miller is Tuke Miller. Like he's, you, you love yourself a bit I, of Tuke. I'm big on him. I think he's the number one trade target for everyone who can get there this week because of his, his run, his buy round, um, his price. I just think he ticks all the boxes. Um, so I'm hedging a little bit that way, but I guess the, the tiebreaker would be what rookies are you trading out in each scenario? If it's different, if you're trading out worse rookies in one, better rookies in other, yeah, and you, you trade the out the worst rookies, that could be the tiebreaker. But I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning, trying to just get a two in and, and lock that in. Because like I said before, I think you can have like a Seamus Mitchell or a Matt Roberts on field. And there's every chance that they get close to a JJ this week. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know those two types are captain options as well. So you've always got that as a bit of a tiebreaker. That's not a bad posse to be in. 300k spare cash. So yeah, we'll have to fun see. with that, mate. Yeah, see how that works out. Now, this next question I've seen, Mitch. <laughs> this is pure self indulgence. Hold on, hold on. Mitch is, no, no, no. no this well, was this was a legitimate question. Yeah, but you chose which questions to put in the run sheet. I put all the relevant ones in there. Mitch has put in. What's your super coach rank, Mitch? <laughs> so I'll, I'll people want to know how I'll my super coach while is Mitch going tells here. So, how good he is. so I'm ranked at 772 currently. That's actually been sliding the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think it was up at about 400 at, at the best point. Why are we doing a fantasy podcast? That's what I said. I said a couple of weeks ago when I dropped to 15,000 in AFL fantasy and I've jumped up to 400 <laughs> in super coach. But um, I'd be bloody useless as tits on a ball if we did a look. The difference, podcast the difference no in super coach is that I started with Nick Dacos and I started with Tim English. <laughs> is it, like, that's like crazy, literally hey? the difference that's in my actually side crazy. Um, versus Hayden Young and a, and a Joe Witz. <laughs> like that's like it's honestly the difference in my side and it's the difference of thousands oh, of ranks. But it sucks. but going pretty well. Um, hoping to get a decent upgrade this week. I'm holding Will Day, which hurt me last week, uh, so I had to field uh, a rookie score there. But I can't Super believe we've, going, we've even entertained that question. That is, that's that can't happen again. Yeah, well, you know, just got to give the people what they want. They obviously want to know how one the big dog's first, going. One person, my <laughs> days. This is sickening. All okay, right. next question. Jimby to Baker to put in the forward line via DPP. Can we trust Baker? Richmond fans, don't ask us. We're so biased. Yeah, put well, it I keep way. saying can, no, and he keeps pumping out big scores. But you can you can trust Liam Baker to be the absolute best football player in, what, in whatever as, role yep. Damien Harbick puts him in and that's that's the issue yeah. is like he, there's he, no Hayden Young about Liam Baker like oh, this guy is doing everything to 100% effort is 100% and 
if he is in a role where it's conducive to scoring, he will score 122 and he'll eke out every last bit of, of his talent. But if he's put in a role where the scoring is not conducive to scoring, then get ready to cop a 60 So as look well. at his score so far this year. Round 155, then he's gone 100, 110, 79, 122. So three scores tonning up this, this year, yep. two scores under 80. He's priced at 728, so he's just around that Stewart... Lockie Whitfield, yeah. um, Zebel price tag, all around that sort of uh, area as well. Looks and like if the- you're looking for a forward as well, Zach Butters is 30k cheaper as well. So I would be probably going to any of those guys I'd ahead of the Butters. I'd love to cheer. It'd be base. great. Like it'd be good fun <laughs> if you've got like if, you, if your girlfriend's got a team, maybe maybe advocate for that one. It's, it'd you, be a fun watch. Hey, you can't be sexist uh, yeah. on the podcast, mate. What, or your what, boyfriend, or your partner, or your mum, or if you if you've got on, a second mate. team on the side there, and it's a bit more of a second loose team on the side. <laughs> it's a bit more of a loose team. I see where this narrative is going. <laughs> if you've got um, a bit more of a loose squad, then he might be a fun pick. Looks but, like uh, looks like the ball might spend a little bit of time back there as well. Yeah, for old bakes. The, 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 the way that we're going. So, uh, yeah, well, I, I still think there's other options there. I mean, yeah, I could yeah. be wrong, and I've been wrong thus far. He's been great, but yeah, probably couldn't go there. Um, JJ or Jones? JJ or Jones? The Jones pick is another weird one. It's um, not one that I've, I've been across too much, but he's come into the side, played the first game against Port Adelaide, 33%. So he must have been a sub then, scored 33. And then he's backed it up the last two weeks with 85 and 108 uh, playing in defence, I think, um, or on the wing or, or something like that. But I just don't know if I can trust it. He's priced at 486 k So, again, you're making money going from Jinbi to him. It's pretty handy. What did you say he pumped out? 85 and 100 and something? Uh, yeah, 85. What was it? Sorry. 85 and 108 85 against keeps. Carlton. But I'd want to have a look at, like, I think they waxed pretty heavily in that last quarter there as well. So I just don't know if... You really want to well, rely on that? There'll be some people out there that have watched it more closely than us, so I'd love to hear in the comments um, if you're looking down that path and, and um, you can advocate for exactly why you're doing that. Yeah, because 30 in the last, so it's not not a huge... Tw- yeah, pretty even scoring. I, I just don't think I can go there at this point of the season. I'm trying to get genuine upgrades that I can just lock yep. away, and I know that's an improvement. So of the two, I'd probably go... Oh, shit, JJ's got Bevo to deal with. Vote to deal with. Uh, dealing with your coach. I'd probably still go JJ because I've seen it before. He's averaged 80s before okay. in that role. I know he can do that. Chase Jones is just a bit more of an unknown, and I'd, yeah. uh, it's a bit scary for me at this stage. So I'd probably still go JJ if you're looking at those two. This next one, Stocker to Took or Jimby to Dawson. Um, do you think this one probably depends on, on what you've already got going in either mm. of those two lines? Yeah. Do you it, know what I mean? It's another tricky one because... If you were guaranteed that Jinbi playing was, was playing the full game, I'd go to Tuke. Yes. Um, if there was a bit of hesitancy, we weren't sort of sure if he's going to get managed again or something like that, then I'd probably just lock in Dawson as he's a clear top three defender yeah. in that role. It looks great. Um, look, a lot of my answers this week are going to be Tuke if you put Tuke in front of me <laughs> because um, he's he's just the number one target for me. And uh, I think Stocker to him is a great upgrade and just cross your fingers that Jinbi's playing a full game and he can get you that 60 or 70, um, which, you know, Stocker could do as well. And I think in terms of value, uh, what's Dawson now priced at? Priced at 103. So there might still be a little bit of upside, but I don't think it's much anymore because I think, we keep saying this, but he's going to definitely attract attention at some point. Um, But... 
Yeah, he did look good, didn't he? I'm, I'm going Took still. I think Took's my guy. You've got Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, but I got Dawson much cheaper than this, so... <laughs> yeah. um, it's so. easy to say I've got Took. You can't go Dawson, yeah, but yeah, true, I, know true. What, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, I would I would try and read the tea leaves again on what Jimby's going to be doing. doing. A lot of reading the yeah. tea leaves. Lots of tea leaves. A lot of I reading. haven't heard that saying in a long time, but he's, twice yeah. in the one pod. <laughs> yeah, hey, we get in habits, don't we? Yeah, reading, we do. Reading it's, the tea leaves. Yeah, Is try that, and, I'm trying to find a different way to say the same thing, but I can't think of it off my head. I don't know. Read. Oh, is would like read the room. Read. read yeah. Read the vibe. It's just the vibe. Yeah, of the pick thing. up on the vibe. Listen to the press conferences. Let's do one more. Where we're going okay. over time here. Uh, I'll throw this one to you. Okay. Sarong, because my answer is easy. Sarong, Kelly, LDU, Took, or Anderson. I'm assuming that's Noah Anderson. So your your answer. It looks and I'm like, assuming that's Josh Kelly. Yeah. Or Tim Kelly. Anyway, well, looks like you took my answer away from. Ah. <laughs> no, nah, that was just horrible. Uh, are you, are you <laughs> as big on Took as I am? Like I, I know I'm gushing over him, but like, what, what are your thoughts on him versus? Uh, I think Kelly, I think of those guys. Sarong, if, we haven't mentioned, who's been amazing. Yeah, I think of those guys. If I get to one, it'd probably be Took. Probably be Took. Um, but Sarong, I think, would be a close second. It's like he's he's been a beast. He's been great. There's there's this tendency with, especially when it's a player that you haven't really paid a lot of attention to in the preseason. He mm. wasn't one of your picks. There's this tendency, I guess, to be. Even We've if you're not trying it. to, a little bit of stubborn. Yeah, like yeah. you don't want to be that guy who gets on and then you, you he underperforms and you were chasing those scores. So I think f- for the people who started with him, it's just like he's been a winning pick for sure. And it's just for me in my boat now, it's deciding have have I can I get on and still get those good scores or um, have I missed the boat and should I go elsewhere? I guess is that tough decision. Yeah, he's priced at one hundred and three point five. Um, Tuka's priced at one hundred and seven. So yeah. I think that Tuka's going to outscore Sarong by more than four points the rest of the way. Um, yeah. And he's got the better buy. He's only thirty k more expensive. Look, I think I think Caleb Sarong's probably one hundred and five. Yeah, guy. Whereas I think. Tukes a one ten plus. He could go on a stretch of doing hundred and twenty. He's shown it too. There's comfort uh, there, isn't there? There is comfort there. So, to wrap things up, I think we should wrap things up. I think there. if anyone has any more questions, just chuck them in the comments or over on Twitter. We'll Absolutely. try our best to to answer a few questions. I might even try and watch some footy again this week. <laughs> Mate, you're feeling good. You got Dagos jump, on your side. Jump you, back on the roller coaster. It feels nice again. <laughs> we'll see, uh, we'll see. But yeah, no more Thursday night games. Hey, that's good. So when we record on Friday night, we'll uh, actually have all the options laid out in front of us for people to talk about. So that's what I want to hear. We'll go a bit more into some trade scenarios and some rankings of priorities and things with the teams named. So make sure you guys check out and uh, join us on Friday night on YouTube Live. We'll probably do that uh, probably around 4 o'clock, I think, now that you're back at, back at work. Thanks, Phil. Four o'clock sounds good. Yeah, all right. So stay tuned. Uh, Any updates on Twitter, we'll post them out there. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Hit the subscribe button as well. I think we've cracked 1,100 now. Uh, So that's that's been... It's just not too long ago we were under 1K. Give this video a thumbs up, guys, and we will see you guys next time. Laters.